Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's with Anna Osborne and this is Inside Exec. Today we are going to cover quite a wide topic, but the basis of it is giving yourself time as a manager, as a leader, for observation and reflection. Now this might be observation of what you're doing and what you're achieving and reflecting on that, or it might be about your team, but it is not about watching and acting. It's about actually observing, sitting back, taking a, taking things at arm's length and not getting involved, looking at what is happening around you, taking notes. And it's probably important here that I emphasise that we want you to actually take notes, physical notes, because that, as we've talked about before, that actual physically writing it down, pen and paper, establishes the idea of what you're thinking about rather than if you do it digitally, it, it's doesn't make the same sort of connection in your brain I suppose is the best way of putting it but what it also gives you then once you've made those observations is time to actually look at those and reflect on those and think about and then do a a corresponding list of what you think that means and what action you could take in terms of those reflections that might improve the performance might make it easier might make it a happier place to work might make you feel more confident. And Fuliana's got a very good case study that she's worked through recently and she's going to talk about that and I have been tasked with the action of interrupting so that she just doesn't go on and on and on, which I know she can do, but apparently she's just realised she can do. <laughs> I realised a long time ago. So but my, my challenge... Look, see, my challenge today... <laughs> is to find a time where I can interrupt and I'll probably have to wave my arms around because I know once she starts, there's single focus. It's like I'm going to say this and just whatever you're doing can wait until I finish what I'm doing. So tell us your case study for you. Okay, I'm talking about a a CEO of a medium-sized company, very highly regarded and very well liked by his team, customers, shareholders, etc., One of the things that he approached me, he wanted to, I suppose, improve on, if you like, is that he tends to jump in, and whilst he is extremely smart and can suss out the situation and assess the situation very, very quickly, sum it up and come up with good suggestions and usually get good results, he is keen to do more with what he's got and that is based on the feedback that he's got from other people. Doing more with what you got is a topic that... Mm. Oh, she let me have... (laughs) This is is intro into me being able to say something. I listened to one of my favourites, Simon Sonic, this morning on the way in, and I was so impressed with what he was talking about. He was looking at the attitude that we have to our resources... And the situation where, as we are in at the moment, where economically things are, are getting tighter. And so the opportunity is for that you will come to a situation where the boss or the shareholders or someone comes to you and says, you have to do more with less. And that's a really stupid thing to say. The examples he uses is you saying to a child, well, you're stupid, but what can I do about it? And really what we should be thinking about is how can we do more with what we've got? And that comes back to this observation, looking at how things are done, who's doing what, and actually reflecting on whether something more could be done with those resources. 
So back to my CEO. As soon as we start talking, he assumed he is very well read, he's very well experienced and extremely intelligent. And he's quickly decided he knew what I was going to say and what the outcome is going to be. So to me, I saw firsthand how he just jumps in. So I said to him, well, we're going to look at a way to which we can get you to observe yourself the way other people observe you and then decide what to do from there. And I had something at the back of my mind which is something I use personally. I didn't tell him that at the time, but it's L-O-R-E. Anyway, and then I said to him, I'll get to the L-O-R-E later, but for now. And he then suddenly said, oh, isn't that about um, traditional knowledge of stories about a subject? Isn't that the definition of L-O-R-E? And I said, mm, I don't know. That's not. <laughs> and then he said, what about, oh, was it that new TV series? It's like The Walking Dead. Never heard of any of them. I'm sure your listeners might have. And I said to him, no, none of that. This is an acronym. I will talk about it later. So because of the way he is, we, we made sure we're in his office with a television he picked a program that's irrelevant, could be a movie or anything, and we decided we will watch a few minutes of a conversation happening between the main people in that video. Then I stopped it suddenly, and I said, tell me, what did you see so far? Very, very quickly, he was able to tell me about who, where, what, and what's the background and all of that, and he's never seen it before. May emphasize, he's not seen it before. I said, okay, well, what were they talking about? And he kind of said, but not exactly. And I said, just for you guys, they were talking about purchasing a vehicle, maybe a truck, maybe a van or something like that. And I said, well, what did you hear? And he couldn't tell me whether it was a truck, a van, a vehicle. He missed that bit. And I said, okay, so would be fair to say you weren't really listening. You're already making solutions or mm. actions or mm. whatever you want to do with mm. we played it again and yes he then heard the words and then he said yeah I'll see what you mean so after that then I said oh what else and he said I just told you everything and went back to telling me the big picture and where it's gonna go and what was the background and I said no you're going back into your normal mode, which is fantastic, don't ever lose it. But if you're trying to do more with what you've got, the listening, we just did that. And says, what did you see? What was people's reaction? What was the environment? Did they move from the office? Did they go out in a garden? Did they, what were they talking about? Were they talking and walking? Were they sitting? Were they in a room? Were they, oh, 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 he had to think about that. So we played it again. And then he could hear and observe. So then I stopped it, and he says, right, now, can I tell you what I think now, that I've done all of that, that's good, that's good, I've got the listening and the observation. And I said, well, no, I actually don't want you to talk. And he, <laughs> and he said, oh, what good is that? And I says, now I want you to reflect, think about it, and then you can tell. And that last bit is engage. You can engage with directly with the people if they were alive and real, or with me. Anyway, so my L-O-R-E is about listen, observe, reflect, and engage. To me, that was one way of getting that message by keeping it neutral and keeping it away from personalities, business, and whatever. 
you can find whatever way that works for you as listeners, for you, for your friends, for your um, staff, for your managers, whatever it is, find that. Use even your own acronym. But the idea is, is about really listening, observing the whole situation. Stop and think about it. We sometimes don't reflect enough. With I've done all of that good and then jump in and then engage. Engage might be get involved. Engage might mean do nothing. That was a conscious decision to do nothing. So that's where that went. The person was happy and felt it's something he quickly can work with. And I said, oh, before we leave this meeting, I really have to uh, say some, tell you something. Here it comes, here it comes. <laughs> and I, I am very guilty about jumping in, and I don't follow this. I've been trying to teach myself L-O-R-E for a long time, and it does help me because when I feel like I'm already eager to help the person or come up with solutions, I stop myself and I go L in my head without not loud and then I'm watching the person's reaction and, and how they're responding and so on and so forth. So it helped me and I'm still <laughs> not good at it. But it's something that an easy tool for me to use. So I just thought I'd share it with you. I think that we probably all know people who are like that and, and perhaps we are ourselves in some way. For me, it resonates with knowing what your core value is. Now, we, we listened to Ben Baker talk about uh, your personal branding and about that that was identifying characteristics that, that are intrinsic to you that you want to bring to whatever role you're carrying out. But this topic is more about what is it that drives you? And in this case, that this particular person falls into category that I've been working with someone who is also in that category, and they are what I call fixers. So they have to fix everything. As soon as you start talking, they're already thinking about how they can fix that situation. They read something, they've already decided what the outcome's going to be. And not just one outcome, but they'll do all the what-ifs and the maybes. And all of that becomes real to them and becomes part of how they're dealing with it. They create so much noise about a situation that they can't find the path through the noise to get to a way of, of engaging at the end. So, so this acronym, this process, for me, I can see would work really well with people who fall into that category of being fixers. And it's not a bad thing to be a fixer. We, we need fixers mm. <laughs> everywhere. But you, you need to, I think, identify, recognise, celebrate that that's what you are and find the tools that will help you be the best fixer that you can by understanding all of the things that need to come into the fixing of the situation or the activity or whatever else it is. So if you identify as a fixer, if this is you, if you feel like people take too long to explain something to you, that they go over the same things all of the time. The exercise that you do to, to work out if this is your core value, your unique ability, your quality that you hang your hat on, is it's hard for you, for anyone, to write down what it is that drives them, what it is that they do well, because we, we never do that exercise. We don't really sit down and, and cut out all the other things and say, well, this is what really makes me tick. I went through an exercise like this last year and it took me a long, long time to actually be able to write down the words that are my core value. And, and for me, it is that I want to be the catalyst to make everyone I come in contact with the best that they can be. 
I'm not a fixer in the sense of here is the problem or here is something that, that is happening and I will find the solution. My approach is I hear all of that and my immediate thoughts are how can I help you to fix that yourself? Whereas another group of people that we are both working with will be these fixers. It will be here is the issue. Already they've started thinking about the answer. Or they're working on the answer or they've written down the answer or they've engaged the people who are going to fix, fix things for you. So they're fixers. The activity that I went through was because I couldn't identify clearly what that was. I knew that, that was what I liked to do, but, I, but I, I couldn't bring myself to write it down. I didn't think it was of value. I thought there must be something more deep and meaningful and important that I should have. So I wrote that down, first of all, the things that I don't like, the things that frustrate me, the things that aggravate me. And from that list came a clearer vision of what this thing was that does drive me, that does make me do things, that does excite me if I get up and know that I'm going to talk to these people and that I'm going to be able to provide them with the tools that can help them resolve that situation, fix that situation. And that's what this podcast is about, really. It's about me being able to give you tools that will help you in your jobs. Whereas with Fuliana, it's do it my way. No. <laughs> because right. I'm going to fix it for you. <laughs> no, I don't do that. <laughs> well, I know, not on the air anyway. <laughs> I only do it with Kim. No, no, no. <laughs> so I, I recommend to you that activity, write down, if you don't know already whether, mm-hmm. what what it is that drives you and you're interested in identifying that so it can help you be a better manager and a better leader, then write down the things that frustrate you. And it's things like repetition of information. Would For a fixer, it would be that repetition of information frustrates you, the irresponsibility of people of, of always bringing you problems. Uh, you know, that even though you, you fix it, you, you don't feel like they're learning anything and so it aggravates you that you, and it comes back to the repetition. You've got to do the same thing over again. You've got to tell the same people the same thing or they always come to have their problems fixed. So, you know, I don't ever see them extending themselves. So write down the things that frustrate you and that will lead you to the thing that you like doing the best out of that situation. It's nodding ahead. I think that's probably covered all the things we need to do. We'll put down that acronym so that you can use that to help you listen, observe, reflect and then engage. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec.